Hi, this is Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group. Have you ever wondered how you could be like one of the guests I speak with on Market Edge, representing some of the most influential brands in the Fortune 1000? It's all about what you know. One way you can be in the know is by downloading the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Here you can listen to every episode of Market Edge, plus sample their large library of radio programs that are sure to expand your knowledge. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app today, now available in the iTunes Store or in Google Play Store, and get your marketing edge. Business is changing and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years, and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about new content marketing with Tom Gerace, the founder and CEO of Skyward, a leading content production platform for brands, retailers, agencies, and media companies. Prior to Skyward, Tom also founded Gather.com, a demand-driven news and entertainment property, reaching more than 6 million people each month, and BeFree, a publicly traded online marketing services company. BeFree transformed online advertising from pay-per-view to pay-for-performance advertising. At the time of its acquisition by ValueClick, BeFree served more than 300 leading brands, including BarnesandNoble.com, Citibank, eBay, AOL, LendingTree, Bertelsmann, Time Warner, IBM, Dell, and Microsoft. Previously, Mr. Gerace was a senior business analyst at the Harvard Business School. He serves on the board of advisors for Imagitas and on the board of visitors for the Fenway Community Health Center. He's also a director of the OpenGate Foundation and on the board of directors for SMAC, the Social Media Advertising Consortium. You can connect with Tom on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Tom Gerace. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Tom. Welcome. Thanks, Glenn. It's great to be with you today, and thank you for the very kind introduction. Absolutely. So first off, for listeners who may be unfamiliar with Skyward, can you talk a little bit about the background on the company? Sure. Uh, so, Glenn, Skyward helps brands and media companies uh, uh, create uh, new content that's really high-quality content that addresses the needs of their particular audience. I think really the company is, is based in the idea that, that uh, we fundamentally changed how we go looking for information as, uh, as information consumers every day. Uh, and we're helping uh, brands capitalize on that opportunity and media companies uh, adapt to make sure that their, uh, their business model uh, works in this brave new digital world. So I'm sure as a CEO of a um, fast-growing organization, you do a lot of things, but uh, give us a sneak peek into the day in the life of the CEO of Skyward. <laughs> well, you know, we have, I'll, I'll tell you, we have uh, uh, a handful of uh, pillars that we help our, our partners address when they want to create quality content. Uh, when we think about 
from the brand's perspective, uh, what they call content marketing. Brands need to do four things well. Uh, one is that they need to have really solid content strategy, uh, which connects them with the consumers or prospective buyers that they're trying to reach. The second is that they need to uh, have access to creatives that are real domain experts in their area. The third thing is uh, that they need to uh, have content quality assurance, if you will, or editorial and fact-checking, all mm. the things that make the content good. And the fourth thing is, uh, uh, is a technology platform to stitch it all together. And, and at Skyward, you know, one of the things I'm most focused on is making sure that we have the best of breed technology platform uh, out there. And then we help our partners connect with the other four pillars, in some cases bringing uh, strategic partners uh, into the mix, and in some cases developing in-house talent uh, for tasks like editorial and writer management that really help uh, brands create some of the best and most interesting content uh, out there in the space. So from, from my perspective, what I'm doing is, uh, is leading a team that is uh, building best-of-breed technology for content creation where the content's working in search and social very effectively, and then also uh, helping build these core competencies on the services side so that we can support our, uh, our strategic partners and, uh, and our uh, uh, brand and media partners as well. Cool. And full disclosure for listeners, we are very fortunate to be one of the partners that works with Skyward, and we'll talk about that a little bit later with our example that we're working on with IBM. Um, one of the things you've said, you, you teed it up here, and you certainly said in the past in your writing and speaking, is that the ability to create compelling content is more important than ever before. So what's your take on brands acting as publishers? Is it appropriate in your mind for every company to dedicate resources toward creating content, or are there some guidelines or rules of the road that you've seen that you share with brands? You know, I think, uh, first, I think it's not only appropriate, I think it's important for uh, for brands to become publishers, and I think you know, as far as as far as I've encountered so far, it, it is a uh, a rule that goes across the board uh, for brands of all types. The, the reason I think it's important, Glenn, is that uh, that consumers have really changed how they discover new things. If you go back 20 years, uh, you know, we learned almost everything we were going to learn in a week from television, radio, and newspaper, and uh, it's if a brand wanted to connect with a consumer, all they needed to do was get their brand message into those three channels in the market, and they had pretty much the market saturation. Mm-hmm. Today, if you think about how you, get, how you learn new stuff, a lot of it uh, is learned through search, and a lot of it is learned through social. And, and just to put some numbers around it, we search uh, around the world 100 billion times a month. Uh, when we find stuff that we like, we share it about another 36 billion times. And when our friends share something interesting, uh, they pass that along another 90 million times a month. And so what, uh, what brands that want to reach their consumers uh, need to realize today is that search and social are the new gateways to the consumer. And if they want to reach their consumers in a consistent uh, way and, and build relationships with them and build value for them, they need to have content that their consumers are going to discover uh, when they're going uh, to search on a topic that might be related to the brand, not just about the brand, but in the brand's broader space. They mm-hmm. need to have things that are you know, worth sharing, 
and that if they aren't in this space, then they are they are ceding the search and social gateways to their competition. And so it's really important for them to to get involved in creating the content that their customers uh, really want. Makes tons of sense. And you know, let's let me zero in on the phrase content marketing, which um, certainly from the clients that we both work with a lot of mid and um, large brands, uh, everybody's starting to talk or in many cases completely absorbed with this concept of content. But content means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, be it advertising or blogs or press releases. You've been at this for quite some time. How have you seen this evolve over the past, say, three to five years? Well, I think most, you know, it's a great question. And most brands really started out uh, thinking about content as content about themselves. Uh, they, they realized that they wanted to have content that was flowing into a lot of channels, kind of, you know, supporting their natural search and paid search efforts, supporting their uh, email, um, email newsletter efforts, supporting their social efforts for sure. And what they started off doing was creating a lot of content about themselves and creating it really based on the channels they were trying to drive. So they'd have social content for their social channel and email content for their email channel and, uh, and uh, search content for uh, natural search. Um, and it was really a channel-driven strategy that didn't sew up into anything that was really coherent um, when you brought it all together across all channels. What's been happening in the last few years is that uh, CMOs and VPs of marketing have been taking a step back and saying, wait a minute, our customers have certain things that they want to know, uh, that they enjoy knowing if it's an entertainment-related uh, content strategy, that they need to know uh, if it's a business-related content strategy. And if we uh, take a step back and understand who our customers are, if we then understand their information needs and what they really want to know on a day-to-day -day basis and what they like sharing uh, on a day-to-day -day basis or need to share on a day-to-day -day basis, and if we create that stuff, then rather than trying to get a message just about ourselves out through a lot of a disparate channel, what we have an opportunity to do is to get into the conversation that they're having anyway, to fulfill their information needs, to become part of the, really the fabric of the dialogue they're having with colleagues or with friends uh, every day, and uh, to build a relationship with them uh, that's exactly the kind of connection a brand wants to have with their consumers by publishing the content they want. So I think... Two main trends that happen, one of which is the brands have realized they need to publish on things that are not just about the brand. They need to get yeah. far more broadly into the information set people want. And two is that the, you know, the content is the center and the beginning point of their digital strategy and then feeds into a lot of different distribution points rather than uh, starting off with distribution points and then trying to fill them with, with different... Uh, right. Yeah, very subtle yet profound shift. One of the things that we certainly see a lot of, and um, I know you guys are deeply involved in, is with so much, not only the, the human side, but the technology tools and the ability to have automation and scheduled and all these various pieces, there's a danger, I think, for some brands to simply contribute to the noise or the content yeah. bubble. Um, how do you think about that balance so that they're contributing and adding value versus just noise? So uh, I think that first, again, marketers need to uh, think about content creation and content marketing like they think about 
uh, like they think about the broader rules in marketing. And so in content marketing, if you do the things we just talked about, which is know your audience and know their information needs, and begin to deliver the information that they want, the next natural step is to say, okay, how do we as a, as a uh, partner creating a lot of the content that they want differentiate? How do we create stuff that's going to allow us to rise above the noise? And mm-hmm. I, think that, you know, I think that there are two key lessons there. One is that you have to create really great stuff. Um, and I know uh, we're, we're, by the way, really proud of our partnership too, Glenn, and, and uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about a case study there, or I think we're going to talk a little bit about a case study there yep. today. But, um, but you know, one of the things you've got to do is create really good stuff, and the second thing is it's got to be original. Uh, hmm. You know, th- there's a lot of things that you'll hear about in content marketing, which is do I want to do creation, which cards on the table is harder because you're making new stuff, or is it sufficient to curate other people's content? Right. Cur- you know, curation can be useful if you have a relationship with somebody, if you're creating really good original stuff, and you want to fill in the rest of the gap. That is, you're not going to create all of the content on the topic, so it's fine to point to other things that your customers might be interested in, so you become a one-stop source uh, on their topic for them. But if you're not creating original great stuff, if you're not doing something that is unique to your brand, that sets you apart from the rest of the market, then you are just becoming a place that's regurgitating. What your customers will see pretty quickly is uh, that, A, you are adding to the noise, and, B, they can, they, they can avoid that by starting to ignore you and going to the three or four sources that you're quoting on a regular basis and, right. and, and get a better and more complete experience. And so those two lessons, that it's got to be original and it's got to be great, I think are uh, the things that we uh, talk to our partners about. Yeah, that. That makes tons of sense, short, sweet, to the point. So i got a bunch of other questions, but right now we're going to take a short commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Tom Therese and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and -and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link-building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Time now for another exciting episode of Pace of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the <laughs> Algorithm. That ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? (laughs) You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. (laughs) AimClear, the agency, brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding-edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. AimClear, this is how you sell with social. AimClear, this is how you sell with social. 
It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine. WebmasterRadio.fm presents The Shoe Money Show. Your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, covers all the angles from contextual advertising, affiliates, donations, subscription, direct sales, pay-per-click, and more. Show me the money. On demand, anytime inside the advertising channel. On WebmasterRadio.fm. Trying to crank in the cash. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Tom Gerace, the founder and CEO of Skyward, talking about new content marketing. So we just talked about content and a little bit of the content choreography and making sure it's not noise. And you talked about love the, the concept you said about uh, thinking about content that's original and that's great. One of the things that um, most of the good CMOs out there think about is the data and the results. How do you help brands think about not just the types of content, but really looking at what's effective and what's not? So. We talked about the four pillars of content marketing, and one of those, and, and the one where we invest most of our time, is in the you know, the technology layer that makes content production possible at scale and efficient, and uh, and also measurable. And measurable is an important uh, an important component. What what ends up happening uh, as brands begin to get into a content space and, and really understand what their customers are looking for is that they ask. A handful of questions. So, so if you've got a uh, if you've got a retailer in the DIY space that's teaching you how to do stuff around your house, um, they're going to want to know what the vast majority of their customers are searching for most, and mm-hmm. where you know where they can rank and get the best uh, results in driving uh, reach from the content they're creating and connecting with more customers and and driving sales as a result. And so among all of the different thousands and thousands of possible DIY projects, uh, they're going to want to address those in the deepest, richest sense and also address the first that are going to have the highest ROI. So the first thing you've got to do is understand who the customer is, what they search for, and how many other customers search for those same topics and how mm-hmm. competitive those topics are. So out of the gates, you've got to say, you know, what is the opportunity to create certain content, uh, and how can we make sure that it gets in front of the customers, and what are the search and social uh, forecasts that are going to tell us where the customers are uh, looking for this content, reacting to this content most uh, favorably. As the program goes on, uh, what you'll find is that uh, you have an opportunity to really refine and meaningfully improve the performance uh, of programs by watching what actually happens across the broad set of content you create. So you start off, we recommend most of our brand partners start off addressing a broad variety of topics. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, obviously applying the, the analytics we've got on search and social to, to forecast what's going to work. But then we track exactly how their customers and prospective customers are reacting to that content. How many times they're reading it, how many times they're sharing it, how many times it's discovered in search what other phrases people are searching for when they might land on their content. And we use all of this data to say, here are the things that are working. We should do a lot more uh, with them. Let's double down in this space. Here are the things that aren't working. Let's stop doing those things and reallocate those resources to the things that are. Uh, We even do it on on a content creator basis so we can look at which creators are driving uh, the best results. 
And we often find that certain influencers in their network are going to, uh, going to drive more meaningful connection for the brand with their audience. And so we focus more effort on those folks and recruiting more people like them into the program. And so those things, the topics that are working, the people uh, that are working, specific key phrases that are bringing consumers in, all inform things the marketer should do in phase two, phase three, phase four of a program as they seek to broaden uh, and uh, improve performance of their, their content marketing initiatives and how that content works in various channels. You know, it's funny listening to you and going through that. There's, uh, it, it reminds me that you started with some basic stuff. There's obviously a lot has changed, but the old, if you're a marketing at heart, it's like, well, the first thing we want to do is understand the customer and what they do. And then we want to make sure that we test and learn. And it's like, wow, this is in some respects, same as it ever was, but it's a much more uh, interesting search and social driven technology speed, uh, much more transparent world. But there are a lot of the same basic tenets that just uh, manifest itself here as well. Yeah, I saw, and I, I wish I could recall who wrote it, but I saw a great piece last week called uh, Big uh, Data Begins with Big Content. And the, you know, the piece was really talking about this idea that if you want to understand what the top of your funnel looks like, uh, you really ought to begin to publish across a broad set of topics they might be interested in yeah. and, watch which res- and watch which resonate and then track that through to, to yeah. desired action because you'll learn pretty darn quickly where they are today, what's changing over time, what might be, you know, what might be trending or not trending, and what might be seasonal and come back every year. Yeah. And those observation points really, you know, we, as you suggest, you know, it, it is some of the same basics, but we now have far better visibility and far right. uh, broader data sets and, and better ability to analyze them and make them actionable uh, than ever before. And so we can take what's happening in a program week to week and use it to uh, to adjust that program and, and optimize on a far more near real-time basis. Right, completely. And because I have you as a guest and because it's my podcast, we get to talk about us, which is um, we have the luxury of working together on a great client, the um, mid-market team at IBM, which recently won the DigiGay Publishing Award for Best Content Marketing Program. Um, and people can go and research that if they want in more detail. But talk a little bit about why you think this interesting troika of the brand, the agency, and the content publishing platform, why is that so powerful? You know, I think that uh, if we go back to those four pillars I mentioned, the content strategy, creative, content QA, and technology platform are key, what's really come together uh, in the mid-size insider program that I think has, has worked so well for IBM and, uh, and brought the, the, the industry accolades you just mentioned and, and some more recently, uh, some, you know, some great, great recognition coming in from Beagle Research on that program as well recently. You know, they, what's worked so well is that uh, I think the digital influence group, your, your team there has been able to get very close to IBM and develop a content strategy that recognizes what the mid-size insider team is trying to, to do and what their prospective customers in the technology space really need to know. So in this case, you know, when they're talking about mid-size businesses, IBM's idea of mid-size is a little bigger than most of us think about, but uh, you know, they're really trying to reach executives, including technology executives at these mid-size businesses, that are worried about things like big data, information security, yeah. uh, all of the things that are uh, that are happening in IT right now, 
uh, cloud computing remote workforce enablement. Um, and what IBM's been able to do is write about uh, the whole technology space from the perspective of a mid-sized business. And uh, the, you know, the beauty of this program is that we started off with saying, all right, what do those folks want to know? Then mm -hmm. we went in and rec recruited really influential people. And this is where that content strategy becomes powerful because the Digital Influence Group was able to go out and say, who are the most influential people in the market? And we were able to go out of Skyward and say, who are some of the best technology writers in the market? And we brought mm -hmm. these folks together, both influencers and, and regular content contributors, to address the whole mid-market uh, need set and, uh, and create really terrific original content. Step two, when we applied the technology layer, was we could then con create consistent quality, hundreds of pieces of content a month that were original to IBM. And we did it in a way that uh, on this mid-size insider property, was a, where we were able to get that property accepted as a media property to Google News. And so IBM now has a property that competes with, as it should, because they're creating content that's on par with CNET, uh, with uh, yep. IT world, PC world, all those the things these IT professionals might have gone to read uh, a decade ago. And uh, very often, IBM is outranking them in search and is reaching tens of thousands of people a month uh, that are in their uh, target market group, which would be very expensive and very difficult to reach otherwise. Right. You know, so the net effect is that across a quarter, they touch hundreds of thousands of mid-sized insider, mid-sized uh, technology executives, deliver the information they want, have customized it for the, for the needs of a mid-sized business. So they're not just talking tech. They're talking mid-sized tech. And what IBM can then do is say, hey, listen, this content was published as part of some work we do in the mid-sized business. If you want to learn more about what IBM does, come on over. And, and mm. this content has proved incredibly persuasive at both demonstrating their knowledge uh, in the mid-sized technology business and at uh, generating interest in the products and services that they've got for that market. So it's been a, a win across the board for everybody involved. It's obviously a great example and a lot of accolades and a lot of fun for, for both of us. Let me ask you a couple questions before I let you go. One of the things obviously transforming, not just in the B2B space, space um, with IBM and its customers, but really across the board is what's going on in, with content in, in the mobile world. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys are seeing the impact and, and or the opportunity of mobile in your business? Yeah, I think you know, consumers search for information. Uh, at different times and for different reasons. And so mobile search um, is uh, addressing often different, uh, different requirements the consumer has. Sometimes it overlaps with the, the, the general uh, PC search trends, but sometimes the information needs are, are uh, very specific and very often location-based. And so I think what uh, – and by location-based, you can talk macro-location or very mm -hmm. micro-location. So uh, if I want to know about spring planting, uh, it matters a lot whether or not I'm doing spring planting in uh, Boston or spring planting in uh, Georgia. And knowing what months and what times and what plants to plant uh, is highly location-based. If I'm looking for a garden center, uh, I don't want a garden center anywhere in the Boston area. Well, let's get even more refined. I want one in my neighborhood. Right. And so, you know, the opportunity here is to understand consumer, uh, I think mobile in many ways means location-based and correlated yep. in big ways. Completely agree. So, you know, so I think that when you're creating 
uh, mobile content strategies, there are a couple of things that are important, and, and one of them is to uh, understand what needs your consumers are going to have uh, or what needs the broader consumer set uh, is going to have that are location-related. Mm-hmm. And number, you know, number, so we have, for example, travel companies that are writing content that uh, they don't want to just write about the destination, which would have been what you do in the web space. They are thinking about the origination market for the consumer because yep. if you're a Boston consumer and it is spring, you're a heck of a lot more likely to be booking travel for the Cape and the Islands than you are for the Caribbean. And so yep. thinking about the location of the, the searcher is important because you're going to write different kinds of content for them. And the big opportunity comes in when you are very explicit in telling, uh, telling Google and uh, Bing and the other search platforms around the world where your content is relevant. And so Google's got this thing on the back end called the, you know, the Google Knowledge Graph. And you're able to uh, feed if you have technology that does it, you're able to not only tag content, which we know about, and create metadata on content, but you're able to feed things like geographical relevance data into Google. And when you do that, what happens is pretty dramatic. You appear at the top of mobile searches more often. And so applying the, the geographic region for the searcher that makes your content yep. relevant yep. Uh, is uh, really critical to succeeding in mobile content marketing. And you and I could spend another... Uh, <laughs> Another uh, session speaking about all of that, but uh, that from a high level of the things we think about. Them. It's really good and amazing to see how that's transformed. Just before I let you go, one of the things I like to do with the guests is a speed round. And I toss out a word or a uh, technology, and I get literally like a word or two, quick response, what pops into your brain. Ready? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, daily deals like Groupon, Living Social. Uh, a lot of spam. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, mobile commerce. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, easy. It uh, has to be easy to buy. Ah, good one. All right, and last one just for fun. QR codes. Uh, still don't get them. Uh, you know, and I... I, I <laughs> You know, I think on that one, I, I think the idea of connecting the digital world to the real world is an important one. I think that very few companies are employing QR codes in, in, in interesting ways. I wish I could pay for my soda uh, by scanning a QR code, and there's no reason I shouldn't be able to do it. And, uh, and, and I think that that kind of thing becomes really interesting. Uh, I don't understand when people try to just replace a web address with a QR code because it's easier yeah. usually for me to type the web address into my phone. So, yep, completely. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's my long good stuff. No, 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 that's good. All right, well, I want to thank you, Tom, for being my guest today, and thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me at Twitter, uh, on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Angler, or on my blog at www.glennangler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.